Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Be sure to give us a follow here for draft coverage really over the next three months because three months from today we'll be waking up the day after day one of the NFL draft. So April 29th is the first day of the draft. And so three months from today, we're going to be right in the middle of of the draft. So these next three months are certainly going to be fun. And senior bowl week is a, is a big deal for me because I think it's really important for these, these college players to get uh, into these drills and into these competitions with the other best college players, because Paul, these are, these are going to be the, the the players that are their peers, really, for the next five, ten years. Yeah, and it, it's the best look that you can get at these guys against pro-caliber talent. Um, not to say everybody at the Senior Bowl is pro-caliber talent. Let's face it, they aren't. But <clears throat> the other thing I like, too, is it gives you a chance to discover some of these small school guys and what they can do against a better level of competition than what they've played against. Yeah, and it's... It, it's such a advantage too that, and it's so cool that Brian Flores and the rest of the Dolphins coaching staff has been able to work with with half of these players uh, throughout the week and and be able to talk and and view uh, on the field the other half. So it's it's really cool in that, and just a couple of themes throughout the week. I mean, uh, you know, the, we've got some winners and some losers and some some fits for the Dolphins that we'll talk about. One thing I really noticed is wide receiver and offensive tackle. I came into this week thinking that this was a really deep class uh, at those two positions. And every time I turn around, there's somebody else popping on film or, or looking really impressive in these drills. There is. And God, I, I know we're going to talk about him, but I, I'm going to jump in early because you know me. And my go go for it. Um, Quinn Madurge Madurge. Uh, uh, minor Quinn Quinn Miners from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, Wisconsin Whitewater, which uh, you know, I, I could kind of have a prayer pointing it out because I know it's Wisconsin, but beyond that, don't ask me where it is in the state. Uh, he has shown such a filthy, nasty, talented streak this week that all I can picture is putting plugging him in on an offensive line that features guys like Kinley and Hunt and just mauling people, throwing people around. And just, like, you have no idea what that does to a defensive line, um, how much it demoralizes them to just get beat to hell every play. Um, and I, he looks like – he really looks like a guy that could do that. You bet. And I watched him all week too, and I don't think he lost a rep. Um, playing on the interior of the offensive line. He can play center and guard. 
And he is the only player, to my knowledge, from a Division Three that was invited to the Senior Bowl this week. So what that typically means is somebody um, poked Jim Nagy at a certain point and said, uh, you've got to invite this guy. I don't care where he plays. And yeah. that's exactly what we saw there. It, it, it's it's a lot like when Ali Marpet came to, to the Senior Bowl a few years yeah. ago and, and really just made his money there. And, you know, next thing you know, he's going – Well, he went late first, I believe, correct? He went late uh, second, but there was a possibility at one point that he could have gone late first. So, he yeah, the, and the, it is. It's the same situation. And, you know, that that's why it's important to, to get him um, in front of these – defensive linemen who are going to be playing on Sundays and, and have them have him throwing around people the way that he was. And I'll give you a prediction too. Quinn Miners is going to go before Creed Humphrey in the NFL draft. That that's my prediction. Oh. here. That's Ooh. I, I see him continuing to rise. I see him being taken somewhere in the middle of the second round. And I say Creed Humphrey goes late in the second round. So here, January 30th, that is my prediction. Quinn Miners goes above Creed Humphrey and is the first center taken in the draft. So do you think he gets taken at center or guard? I think he gets taken at center. Okay. All right. um, it, it's a thinner class. I mean, really, interior offensive line in general is not that deep this year. And the Dolphins really don't have a need at guard given, you know, Eric, they signed Eric Flowers, drafted Solomon Kinley, uh, they can move Robert Hunt inside. It's they're not great at that spot, but I, I don't see them at adding another player here in the NFL draft at guard. But center, absolutely. I mean, I and it also helps that he's he's capable of playing two positions. Now, Cat, I'm going to ask you this just while we're talking about him, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on him, and we have other players to get to. If you were to draft Quinn Miters to the Dolphins, and you re-sign Ted Karras. Would you start Miters at guard and have Karras at center? So you have Kinley and Miters at guards? Or would you start him at center and have Flowers and Kinley at guard? That's a good question. Um, I would say probably start Miners at guard initially uh, if you resign Karras. And you see, so I would see on the inside, yeah, Karras at center. Um, uh, and then of the three remaining offensive guard positions, you would have Flowers, Kinley, and, and Miners battling for those three guard spots, assuming that Robert Hunt stays at right tackle. Yeah, and I, I think Robert Hunt does stay at right tackle. I thought he played very well at tackle this year. And, and what a lot of folks need to factor in, too, is I'm not as high on just going out and getting an offensive lineman as some folks are. You know, we talk all the time about the time that we need to give to Tua to develop and grow. We saw a lot of promise from Kinley, from Hunt, and from, as crazy it is for me to say this a year later, from Austin Jackson, um, that I'm willing to give them the time to grow and develop and, and be, you know, three-fifths of that offensive line right there. So, you know, I, I, I'm not as deep in the, oh, crap, we have to get a lineman. But if the right one is there, like Quinn that we're talking about, then yeah, it makes perfect sense to do so. I'm open. Well, I mean, I, I still right here today would take Penny Sill third overall uh, if, if the Dolphins were to keep that pick. But it's because it's because it's Penny Sill. I'm telling you, Jets are taking a quarterback at two. Uh, 
If they or take trading down. If they take a quarterback at two, it's part of a Deshaun Watson trade. I'll I'll tell you if they if the Jets end we're, up, we're going to devolve the hell out of this conversation. If <laughs> if the Jets second overall, they come away drafting uh, a tackle and then moving Mackay Becton, who was phenomenal last year, back to right tackle. I, I, that's all you're dealing with that pick. I, I you need way way more than that for the Dolphins. I. There are two player offensive linemen here in the offseason that that I think would take this unit from a B a C plus B minus maybe to an A, and that's Penny Sewell and or Ryan Ramchek if the Dolphins are able were able to swing a trade for him because the Saints got to clear about ninety nine million in cap room, uh, and the Dolphins with Jeff Ireland there in New Orleans they like to make trades. They, they, the Saints, the Saints. Jeff Ireland is no longer with the Dolphins, and we're not in New Orleans. You said with with Jeff Ireland with the Dolphins in New Orleans. I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Jeff Ireland uh, uh, is with the New Orleans Saints. The Dolphins and Saints have made trades in the past. That's that's I didn't make that very clear. But yeah, I anyway, we could go down this this road here. But we're talking about the Senior Bowl here. So we've only got through one player, and we're we're like ten minutes in. So let's uh, we'll we'll keep on going. We just got asked about another one, and it's one I want to talk about. Do you mind? Go ahead. Go yeah. Go for it. Mr. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, I did my consensus big board here of uh, uh, from ESPN, The Athletic, basically seven draft outlets that had their top 100 board. Kadarius Tony, Tony was the only one in the top 32 that played this week. Um, Najee Harris and uh, Devontae Smith, I was wondering, uh, what do you say you do here uh, I'm, throughout the week? I guess they just came down to to interview. I didn't expect him to really to play, but Tony may have been the top rated senior that actually worked out in drills this week. And yeah, I mean, to me, I look at him and I see a bigger Jakeem Grant uh, when, when, when I see him play, Paul, I know I, you, and you, Paul, I know like him even more than I do. I do. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because somebody mentioned another player that's not playing this week uh, in the chat. And if the dolphins don't go Parsons, at in in the top ten of the draft, which I understand if they don't, I would absolutely adore if Miami were to go with a combination of Pitts and Tony in round one. Suddenly, you have an explosive offense, and so long as you get a running back there in round two, um, which you know I wish Najee Harris was able to participate. I understand he's injured. Uh, I like that he's there meeting with folks. Um, but if you were able to get Kadarius Tony, the way he's been able to separate this week, the way he's been able to make defensive backs look stupid, um, the he's had a couple of drops. But you know what? The guy gets open and he makes things happen with the ball in his hands. And he may, and this is going to get a lot of our fans excited. He may preclude you being able to potentially move on from Grant if you were to take a guy like Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say because you could save over four million dollars by cutting Grant after June first. I don't want to do that, and neither do you. But yeah, I mean, your Tony would be playing all the roles that Jakeem Grant is. So, and you know, the Dolphins need somebody in this draft that can naturally separate. Uh, something else that factors into is, are they going to uh, Kadarius Tony? This is just based on things I hear. He's got. It's going to depend how he interviews too. Um, There's supposedly some character concerns with him. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about that, but that's that's been the word here recently. Um, 
So, but other than Kadarius Tony, I mean, again, I I'm looking down my wide receiver list here. Just you know, the twenty, you know, twenty twenty five receivers that could go in the top three or four rounds of the draft. It's it sounds like what we were saying last year with the wide receiver position. So, yeah, a lot of guys stepped up this week, and a lot of players kind of in that you know five nine to six foot tall range, like a shy Smith from from South Carolina. Who, who is also a guy that you like a lot. Oh, yeah. He, he's he's one that I wanted to come out last year. He has made so many circus catches this week in practice. I am really excited to see him play today. Uh, he's made toe-tapping catches, grabs that he had no business grabbing, um, and he's been able to smoke guys a few times. He is, he is just such a natural monster. I remember, um, God, I think it was a few weeks ago, Rob Prophet, who we have on the show, he's a big Gamecocks fan, and... I reached out to him and I just said, "Look, I loved Shy Smith last year. I really hoped he came out last year and that Miami targeted him." I said, and then I assumed, based on what I've seen from the guy, that he was going to shoot up draft boards this year. And here I am looking at the guys as as a fifth round prospect on a lot of mock drafts, and and I just I'm confused. Is it did did he just basically like? have a video of himself, you know, clubbing a turtle or something come out. I, I, I don't get it. And Rob just said, no, it's just South Carolina gets overlooked. And what you watch his highlight films, the man catches everything. He makes the 50, he catches every 50, 50 ball thrown his way, even though he doesn't seem like he's got the body type that he should be able to do so. And guys like him, um, guys like Eskridge are, are reasons why, Everything you guys are hearing me say right now throughout the draft process, I love Jalen Waddell. I love Jamar Chase. I love Devonta Smith. I have no issues with anybody's body type. I don't really – I've said it here on the show. I don't care if you're four feet tall and shaped like a bowling ball. If you can get open and catch the football, there's a role for you in my offense. Um, those three guys are definitely the cream of the crop in this class, but you can build a better team and a more explosive team with – utilizing that top pick for one of the better players like a Pitts, like a Parsons, guys that you can't find anywhere else in the draft, that there's a, such a huge drop-off after them to be able to go get these guys. Eskridge is a guy that I think has gotten probably the best separation of any wide receiver this week. Yeah, uh, Todd McShay said that it was possible that Dwayne Eskridge could be taken in the back end of round one. I thought, I thought that was a crazy statement, but... It shows how well he is. He's stepped up this week, and you know, to, to go back to what you said about separation, and that is one thing that uh, I completely agree with PFF on. Um, that the most important thing at the wide receiver position is the ability to get open. It sounds like common sense, but when when we look at wide receivers, we tend to look at just pure speed, size potential instead of just flat out the ability to get open. Shy Smith got open this week. Dwayne Eskridge got open this week. A um, couple other names too. Tylon Wallace from Oklahoma state has almost 200 catches over the last three years uh, for Oklahoma state and over 3,300 yards, just somebody who again gets open and should be there in the middle rounds, uh, late day two, early day three, Josh Palmer from Tennessee was really off the radar heading into this week. I had a had a phenomenal week at, at six foot, two hundred and ten pounds. 
Demetric Felton uh, on some of these routes, I absolutely loved him. He looks like a, a poor man's kind of Curtis Samuel, but his ability to get into his route, sink his hips, and gain separation that way, he, he really could be a weapon. And also Frank Darby from Arizona State, a big wide receiver. And Dane Brugler said uh, from The Athletic said that he talked to a scout this week and, and he thinks he'll be better than – um, a better pro than Nikhil Harry, which isn't really saying a lot right now because he's been bad, but, uh, you know, somebody that could also go in the third and fourth round. So we've got just a laundry list of, of wide receivers here that, that could be found in the fifth or sixth round. I could see a team getting a, a steal like the Browns did with Donovan Peoples-Jones this past year. Yeah, it's and, – and, and they aren't even all at the Senior Bowl. I know we're going to touch on them, uh, the other guys, a lot um, when we do our, our wide receiver preview as we get closer to the draft. Um, and, and it's funny because I know you love mock drafts so much, but I have found myself at times, whether I take a Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith or Devontae Smith, whether I take Kadarius Toney at the back end of round, round one, I have found myself at times walking away from a mock draft where I've done BPA within reason, realistically, you know, I'm not grabbing a guy that slides to round three that should have been a first rounder. I've found myself walking away with three wide receivers. I think in one mock draft, I wound up agonizing over one of the picks. I probably took 15 minutes to take to make this selection and wound up walking away with four wide receivers just based on who was there at the time. Um, you know, it's, and we've already talked about a few of the guys I've grabbed often, but there are a lot of guys I really like at the position. It's Miami has the ability to really catapult their wide receiver position forward this year. And it's exciting as all hell. And if we make the assumption, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Lynn Bowden, and Jakeem Grant are back. The Dolphins could have the ability if they drafted a handful of receivers, um, Say, I mean, I, I think they would for to do what you did. I'm and I'm sure in your mock draft, draft you did 16 trade downs. Uh, that you had, I think I had one you, of those. If you, uh, if you let's say the Dolphins drafted two or three wide receivers, it gives two of the ability to pick and choose who the best fits are for him. Because if, if you come away with, say, you know, a couple of these guys in the mid rounds. One of them may not work out, and one of them may really click with Tua. Uh, and and I think we saw a little bit of that with Lynn Bowden this past year. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of names there at the, at the wide receiver spot. In addition to that, like I said, offensive tackles. Um, you know, one player I, I thought was really flying under the radar who, who had a great week, too, um, is uh, Dylan Dylan Radunes. Radunes? Uh, let's go with I think Dylan it's Radunes. Dylan Raddins, thank you. I and I, I I had the pronunciation spelled out, and then the pronunciation didn't make sense here. So, uh, Dylan Raddins from um, um, North Dakota State, he protected Trey Lance's uh, blindside this past year. He very much looks the part. He's a filled out six foot six, three hundred and ten pound guy. Uh, I I see him going somewhere in the second or third round. I don't know if he makes a lot of sense need wise for the Dolphins. But if he falls far enough because of the lower level of competition, uh, I could certainly be interested in him. Uh, and, and also uh, Deontay Smith from East Carolina, as well as James Hudson from Cincinnati, I thought made a lot of money this week. Um, Br- Dane Brugler also said he doesn't see James Hudson getting out of the first 40 picks now, which is quite a statement 
uh, as well. And Deontay Smith, somebody who could probably be a, a day three type of guy. Maybe he settles into that Julian Davenport type of role for the Dolphins as, as a swing tackle as he develops. So those are a few of the guys that, that have stuck out for me here this week, especially in the off- offensive side of the ball. Yeah, a guy that actually has not stuck out for me this week, and by reports he was he was puking earlier this week, so we're not sure exactly what was going on as of yet. I don't know if you've seen reports. And it's a guy that I have literally stumped for on this show, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, his blocking has suddenly looked poor, uh, and his, uh, his hands have been okay. And his 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 running this week has been eh, mediocre. Uh, but if, if the reports are true that he was throwing up earlier this week, I'm going to give him a little bit of a gimme here. What I've seen on the field from him is so huge. And really, this is a guy that if he hadn't been suspended to start the year would probably be up there in that second-round conversation with a lot of folks. But because he started the year suspended, he's sliding down a little bit here. Um as far as that goes. And yeah. the the other thing I'm actually a little disappointed, and I know we're supposed to be talking about guys we're excited about. Go for I've it. I've been disappointed in the defensive back play a little bit this week. Um, you know, if anything, you should have a little bit of an advantage here as a defensive back in these one-on-ones and just play after play after play. I'm watching guys that are supposed to be top-end guys go against guys that are supposed to be bottom-end guys at the receiver position and get utterly roasted play in and play out. Um, another guy that just disappointed me this week is, uh, I'm blanking on the first name. I know you mentioned him yesterday on Twitter, Cat, the linebacker Jones. Every rep I saw from him was him getting absolutely pasted, whether it was by Raddins, Miners, uh, you know, you name it. He's just been getting pasted this week, and I don't see anything good from him. As far as that goes, he looks like he's not going to be able to hold up the NFL caliber talent. Yeah. And sometimes a week like this exposes that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as, as at running back, yeah, Ramondre Stevens did not have a very impressive week here. Um, he did have a very impressive end of the season. I mean, he was suspended for the first five games and then he only played in six games this year, but he ran for 665 yards and seven touchdowns. So he's somebody that could be, you know, it sounds like he's going to be your AJ Dillon this year. Um, yep. the, a, good reason. A, a big guy there. And I actually like, uh, I like Michael Carter more, uh, mm-hmm. the running back from, from North Carolina. And I've got, if I'm making a, a, a top five board at, at running back, my top four guys are going to be, are going to be Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, uh, and then three and four are going to be the North Carolina running backs, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. I the the thing I look for most in a running back is can you get from can you get from point A to point B quickly? And I don't I don't think that the Dolphins have enough of that on their roster at running back. They really don't have anything at running back um, other than Miles Gaskin. So, you know, he's is a little undersized, but he's versatile. He's he gets to the hole quickly and he runs hard. Um, question is, is he going to be able to hold up in the NFL at that size and that running style? But we'll see. I mean, I think a third or fourth rounder, he'll he'll end up being a steal there at running back. Um, going back to what you said on at defensive back. Yeah, you're right. It was not a very impressive week. And, you know, not, not a whole lot of cornerbacks um, 
you know, a lot of the cornerbacks are, are either not here or underclassmen. I mean, there's no, there's no Patrick Sertain uh, Jr. There's no Caleb Farley. There's no J.C. Horn. There's no Asante Samuel Jr. No Elijah Molden, no Tyson Campbell, no Eric Stokes at the cornerback spot. So the best one here may have been Aaron Robinson, and he didn't have a great week, but he's somebody that I think could really fit the Dolphins well uh, in that nickel spot because – the, the Dolphins on the outside, you're going to have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard here. Um, you know, best cornerback tandem in the NFL. They could upgrade that nickel spot. And I think from that point, a guy like Aaron Robinson or Sean Wade from Ohio State, who's an underclassman, because they can only, they're only being projected to be that nickel corner, that inside slot guy, could fall down a, a lot of draft boards, but could be a perfect fit for the Dolphins because that's exactly what they need to compete with Nick Needham. It is, and I'm, I'm going to jump away from defensive backs because somebody in the chat reminded me of somebody we've only talked about as far as getting beaten out this week. And in reality, uh, Creed Humphrey at, at center. And, 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 and listeners, I know we're jumping all over the place. I, I, I love the feedback we're getting down there. And by the way, actually, before I talk about Creed Humphrey, thank you to everybody in chat for the fact that you guys are encouraging folks to like encouraging folks to subscribe and encouraging folks to share the stream absolutely love it thank you guys so much um you know it's very very appreciated for us um but yeah creed humphrey as good of a week as quinn Miners has had i think some of it has been the surprise factor as well as the fact that there's a little viciousness on top with it because make no mistake, every rep you see of Creed Humphrey, the second he gets his hands on somebody, you might as well just make it a two-hand touch school of blocking. And I mean that in a positive way. Because once he gets his hands on somebody, they're down, they're done, they're out of the play. Um, and and he just, I don't think he's lost a rep this week either. And, and he just continues to move down draft boards. And it's absolutely hilarious to me because he is so talented and somebody's going to get a steal in the late second, early third, if Humphrey is still on the board. You know, last year, I when I saw Creed Humphrey projected like a mid to late first round pick, I thought there's no way I would take him there. Now, it's interesting because there are a lot of players like this in this draft there. Now we're talking about him as a late second, early third round guy. I think he's underrated. Um, and, you know, I, I think... Second round is always where he he should have been projected to go. Um, you really have to be special at the center position to for me to want to take you in the first round. And I, I'm not there with Creed Humphrey. And and you know I'm I'm a simple man. I I, I keep it simple with this. Um, the thing with Creed Humphrey is I've seen too many games where he's been knocked back a lot. And I, I saw the first game that I really sat down and watched Creed Humphrey was against Baylor last year. He went up against Brevarian Roy, who's a big defensive tackle, was drafted in the sixth round by the Panthers this past year. And I didn't I, I thought he got not dominated, but knocked back a lot throughout the game. And he also played, I think, against um, somebody else last year, Derek Brown, maybe. And these bigger defensive tackles could possibly give him problems in the NFL. And that becomes a deal breaker for me as a first round pick. But when you're looking at pick 50 or pick 82, which the dolphins have. Yeah. I would certainly consider Creed Humphrey there. Now I'm going to talk about a guy that I know you're probably surprised. I haven't brought up yet. Um, he's a guy that if Miami trades back a little bit in round one, um, he's not going to help your wide receiver position. He's not going to help your, 
offensive line. Uh, but he's going to help your team as a whole. And I absolutely adore, <clears throat> and I, I'm going to use the word adore, the week that Carlos Boogie Basham had a defensive end here. I knew, I know you were waiting for me to bring him up, Cat. Um, he has impressed the scouts down there. Um, I almost hoped he would have a bad week, so maybe he'd slide a little later into the second round and Miami could sneak in getting him without any fans getting upset. But he is a guy that sets the edge against the run, gets after the passer, defends the option better than anyone I have ever seen in my life. And it's there's a place for that. And don't forget Flores and Boyer have some good things going on that defense. And if they could just get that extra piece or two, they're going to give the offense another five, six, seven opportunities every other week that are really going to give a chance for Miami to do something special, even if they have struggles to move the ball on a couple other drives. Yeah, I could see Basham being of definitely of interest for the Dolphins and Brian Flores. And what I, what I like this week out of him is – he is a player that at six foot five, 285 pounds, he's got great size for the position. I didn't think he always played up to that size, but this week I saw him going through blockers instead of trying to run around him as much. So that, that was impressive. And he probably doesn't have the just pure athleticism to be a top 10, top 15 pick. But yeah, I mean, when I look at pick 36 that the dolphins have, he's one of my favorite players for that spot. So it, we'll we'll see how how he goes throughout throughout the week, or throughout the draft process here. Well, I'm tell I'm telling you this now, Cat. If the Dolphins draft Basham, I will probably go ahead and get one of my first jerseys in years. And I, as soon as we get the number, and it's gonna have Boogie across the back, not Basham. It's gonna have Boogie on it. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna just switch to Boogie Boogie Bash. He should. Dude, I would love like it. it God. Way way cooler than Carlos. Dude, it, Carlos, is Carlos is pretty cool too, though. Carlos is pretty cool too. I'm I'm fine with the name Carlos, but you know, come on, if you're if you're Boogie Bash, I'm just go with it. Change it on your, change it on your uh, not birth certificate, but go, go to wherever you need to go. And, and dude, and Vince McMahon would be jealous from the old XFL days for not having a guy named Boogie Basham. Yeah, who sounds like he's also going to headline WrestleMania for you. I mean, yeah, dude, uh, and he's built absolutely. for it. He's built for it. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, so some other players that I, I look at, too, as, as good fits for the, for the Dolphins to keep an eye out on um, along the defensive line. Both Pittsburgh defensive ends have bring a lot of size and the ability to really set the edge. Um, Charles, uh, uh, excuse me, Patrick Jones, the second, as well as Rashad Weaver. Uh, if you look at, at Jones, the second, he sets, sets an edge probably better than anybody in this draft. And the Dolphins have a, a, a big need to strengthen those edges at, at, at defensive end this offseason with a role player like that. So if Jones fell down to 50, um, then he's somebody I, I would consider would be a better steal at, at 82 in the third round for the Dolphins. Um, also, Camp Sample from uh, Temple, uh, somebody who's 6'3", 275 pounds, has really – done wonders for himself this week too. He's somebody that could be a rotational uh, defensive lineman there at linebacker Jabril Cox from LSU. Isn't going to be the type of prospect that like Patrick queen was when he was drafted last year in the first round by the Ravens. But I think he would fit this defense really well because he he's, 
he can cover a lot of ground. He's got, he's got a lot of range and that's what the dolphins look for at the linebacker spot. I think he needs to be more physical for his size at six, three, two forty. But if you've got range and you've got intelligence, that's something in this defense that, that can be worked with. Yeah, no, it, it's, it really is. And, and actually two guys I want to touch on real quick. Cause I know we haven't mentioned them yet and I'm just combing through my notes here. Um, Marcus Stevenson, the wide receiver out of Houston, and actually Trayvon Grimes. Grimes is a guy that, that flies under the radar a little bit because he played with Tony in college, and Tony's the big name from, from Florida. But really, Trayvon Grimes has had a great week down there. Um, don't underrate him and keep an eye on him today. And then Marquez Stevenson has been opening a lot of people's eyes in this one. And again, I'm back at the wide receiver position again because even with – no one in the top 32 other than Kadarius Tony at the draft today, or at the God, yeah, at, uh, at uh, the Senior Bowl. We're still like just drooling over wide receivers in this one. Now, as a whole, I'm going to tell you a position group that I don't like in this draft, unless maybe I want a blocking one. Tight end is just garbage in this draft, or in this. God, I keep saying draft. I'm too excited. Uh, yeah, and we're, we're the almost there. Bowl. Like, it, it, we're, we're, don't. It's almost Christmas. Are we Almost. gonna are we gonna sit on Chris Greer's lap and tell him what we want? That's uh, kind of creepy, but uh, you can do that one. No, uh, the, <laughs> we're three months before the draft. I just lo- I, I enjoy the entire process of this uh, to go through. This is just part of of that, and yeah, and uh, <laughs> wide receiver. We've got what eight to ten players that we've talked about here uh, that yeah. that could be mid to late steals, uh, but. Some guys that haven't stuck out this week, and one of them is a wide receiver, and that's uh, Sage Surratt from from Wake Forest. I'm so um, disappointed. It, it's uh, you know, it, he's somebody that you know in these drills sometimes it's a little unfair to a guy like that because you know he and Nico Collins I don't think stuck out incredibly this week because separation's not their game. It's stacking the defensive back, using their size, being physical. Sage Surratt, though, uh, you know, could have come out last year and maybe have been a second or third round pick. I think he's dropping big time. Nico Collins is establishing himself as one of the, uh, you know, better big receivers in this draft here. Um, so, but other than that, I'm, I'm also looking at the rest of this list here. There are so many players that by not coming out in the draft last year hurt themselves. And most of them played this year. I mean, players that have just either dramatically falling down the draft board or are, you know, just kind of dwindling down the draft board. I mean, uh, Alex Leatherwood, I don't think had a great week. Uh, he's not the best athlete. He's productive at left tackle, but could have been, he may have been the Dolphins 18th overall pick last year instead of Austin Jackson last year. Um, maybe not, but I don't think he did himself any favors by returning to college, um, which I always say. Uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee is somebody that, you know, you're, he's kind of the rate, the offensive lineman version of Raekwon Davis's college career, where he's he's just not dominating the way that you, you you thought he would after his first year. So, and when you see a player like that, you start to think, okay, are they regressing throughout, and, and are they going to continue that regression as a pro? Uh, Deontay Brown from Alabama, I don't think had a good week either. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Hamilcar Rashad did not have a good week either. And this is a constant theme with him. Um, back in 2019, he had 14 sacks and 22 and a half tackles for loss, which is incredible. This year in seven games, no sacks, two tackles for loss. 
I've never seen a drop off from one year to the next. He could have been a second or third round pick last year. I don't know if he gets drafted anymore. Um, also, Marvin Wilson, when I do my consensus board before when I did that before the year, he was the ninth overall player in the draft. When I did my consensus board a few days ago, 114th. Ooh. He just is not getting to the quarterback at all this year. Also, uh, Hamza Nazaldeen, the big safety from Florida State, still not somebody that's, um, you know, uh, you've heard a lot of Derwin James comparisons, but Derwin James is a special player when he's on the field. This guy is, is, He's he's big. He's he's lumbering. He's more of a linebacker to me. Richie Grant is somebody that you like a lot. Yes. And he he really to me, it was not even close. He was the best safety on the field this week. He is the best safety on the field this week and all weeks. It's it's he I have him so much higher than some folks and some of that's a scheme specific fit. But Go out, and, and for our listeners, I really encourage you, go out and watch some Richie Grant footage. It's He is a guy that can kind of come up and play all three levels from safety, um, which is huge. He can play zone, he can play man, and he can do all these things more than effectively, and he's a thumper on top of it, which you wouldn't expect for his size. Um, so he's a guy that, I yeah, he is huge on the man crush list. I'd overdraft him just to get him on this roster. And he seems like everything I see about him is is something that I think not only Flores, but Josh Boyer would adore uh, on this roster. I know I keep saying adore, but God. Uh, a couple more guys I would really love to get a good look at that I haven't yet this week. Um, really at the linebacker position. Tough Borland, Chaz Surratt. Um, those two are guys that I've had my eye on. Borland was a guy I had my eye on last year when I thought he would come out. Um, and, and, and Surratt's a guy that I could see Miami taking in the late second, early third, potentially if they don't go after a Micah Parsons, uh, in, in round one, um, or a Wusu Kimura, but another guy as well that I've had my eye on for a while is, um, Charles Snowden out of UVA. He could be a very solid pick for this team. And I know Kat, you were just talking about offensive linemen. One of the guys I think hurt himself by going back is a guy that doesn't have the best length, and I'm so sick of hearing about his length because he is a solid player and he's going to potentially be a steal for somebody in a late round, is Alaric Jackson out of Iowa. Yeah, that he is somebody I, I'm glad you mentioned here because I at one point thought he could have been you know like a second-round pick. Uh, he is falling big time. And they, they tried him out of guard. And it was it was ugly um, <laughs> in this one. So I, he's somebody that I'm I'm not sure if he if, if he's going to even be a third day pick at, at, at this point, which is pretty surprising. And again, this is why I emphasize go in the draft as soon as you can. If you've maxed out your ability, if you want to come back because you want to be a first round pick instead of a third round pick and you have that upside, that's one thing. But. Now, and uh, in our chat here, I'm actually looking at some of the chat comments for, for once. Here. What? I, I can't be distracted. Uh, I finally figured it out. Uh, Jeremiah Kelly uh, uh, mentioned uh, Trevon Morig, who's not a senior, Ooh. but one of my favorite players in this draft. I think he his ability to uh, get from point A to point B so quickly and do it with intelligence is is something that just flies off the film his ability to also turn his hips and run is when i watched him the first time i thought man this guy's got to be you know 
185, six foot two, two ten. He is. And I see a lot of versatility there. Can he cover? Can he play single high safety? That would be the question, but I think physically he can do it, uh, but he can play in a lot of different areas on the football team. I, Pick 18 is not even too rich for me, for, for Trevon Morick. So he's one of my favorite early picks in this draft. I'd prefer him in the second round, but who knows if he actually ends up getting there. Um, so, Paul, we've covered a lot of names here. And uh, Chaz Surratt, too, is somebody I, I took a look at this this past week. I watched a few games of his. He covers a lot of ground, so that alone makes him a good fit in this defense. Needs to be a lot more physical. Uh, he's yeah. a former quarterback, so he's still kind of learning the position, but – yeah, he's got the size, he's got the speed, and to me, those are those are the two most important things. And he's got as the a linebacker and the instincts. Yeah, as, as a yeah, or his his instincts are still developing. But yeah, he's he's guy who's playing quarterback a couple of years ago. Certainly, um, no no doubt about that. So, Kat, I know, I know, I know. This is not about the Senior Bowl, but it's a question I've seen a few times in our chat over the past couple episodes, and, and I know it's a free agency question. But I'm I'm gonna bring it up here just because we we're just talking about safeties. Um, Justin Simmons, would you go after him in free agency for the Dolphins? Yes, I would because I think he's a great free safety, and I think there's also no chance that he gets to free agency. Yeah, um, it, it's he's somebody like I said, uh, you know, Bobby McCain. I I see being the Dolphins starting free safety next year. Uh, he, I think he had a terrific year. He didn't pick off as many passes as a lot of people thought, but I, I thought just stabilizing this, the free safety spot, he did an incredible job. And we saw what happened when he left the lineup. Uh, it was it got ugly at safety, and Clayton Fedulum got got in there. Um, but yeah, Justin Simmons, I would see requiring about fifteen million a year. And at that point, if you got to free up some money, maybe you cut Bobby McCain. But that would be the only circumstance that I would, because but only because Simmons such is such a great player. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's I, I would for the right price. Um, I don't want to destroy our salary cap chasing a safety when we've got some solid players there. It's got to be – he is definitely better than McCain, but it's got to be enough of an upgrade for the price tag that I, I'm not sure that that's a route Miami's going down. That Going after Justin Simmons is, is, is kind of like the, the – Indomitian Sioux type moves of old, and 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 we need to really prep ourselves as Dolphins fans for the fact that some of those moves that were exciting in the off season that that weren't so exciting when you got to the regular season are not the ones that this regime makes, and that's a good thing. Um, and we need to be prepared for that. I see. As far as free agents are concerned, I always prefer to get the cream of the crop, even if it's one or two guys. I, I don't like spreading it out across seven or ten guys usually. But this past year, when you look at it, I mean, uh, the, you, you had a lot of steals. I mean, Byron Jones cost a lot of money, obviously, but like uh, you came away with an Emmanuel Agba, a, where, it, you know, maybe Eric Flowers and Shaq Lawson weren't the, the flashiest types of pickups, but Emmanuel Agba, you know, was a Pro Bowl caliber player um, here in the, and the Dolphins got a steal. So sometimes you do get some busts, you get some steals when it's associated with that. Um, also, Zaven Collins, I see in the chat too, and that's, that's going to be an interesting one. Again, not a senior bowl guy, but when I watched him play six foot four, 260 pounds, just like a grizzly bear there at the linebacker spot. I mean, what I'm looking for out of him is a lot more physicality for his size too. When you watch him, you just think he's going to maul people and he's more of a finesse guy, but is that the way he was taught? 
Uh, is, is NFL coaching going to change that? That's something that that bears watching here with with Zayvon Collins because this guy could go in the middle of the first round and he could be on, on the Dolphins' radar too at, at pick number eighteen. He could. I mean, it, it's God. I think we've listed about. 107 prospects on this show already. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, hey, hey, look. Some podcasts you listen to, and you're gonna you're gonna listen for two hours to hear eight prospects talked about. Hey, we, we went through what 160 in 30 minutes. How more efficient can you be on that? So, <laughs> kudos, kudos to uh, both of us. Going to pat ourselves on the back. Oh yeah. All time. right. I'll take it. Going to give ourselves the belt here for. Hey. And, and, and by the way, guys, make sure make sure you're clicking like and make sure you guys are subscribing. I like I said before, we really appreciate it. Um, and, and yeah, if you guys want to share it out, all all the better. We we appreciate the heck out of that. And yes, Karamoa can hit hard. That is a huge thing. And Roni, I agree. Just get Parsons and settle it. I'll look at you with your championship belt. <laughs> right, that's right. I've got a. This is uh... what are you boogie Basham? This is, I mean, this is this is so heavy too. I mean, you can hear it like crinkling together. It's phenomenal. We need uh, an anyway. on the fin side championship belt. We should, uh, yeah, we should. I don't know what the standards would be for that, but yeah, we, we absolutely should. Paul, well, anything else jump out from the from the chat here? Huh? Uh, or anything else on your mind before we uh, we wrap up here? Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Ab ab, don't you dare say that. Cat and I actually we talk all the time. He just said, hey, Paul, you should have your own show. Probably be better. LOL. Hell no. Cat and I talk <laughs> all the time. And while I agree with you, it would probably be better. I would miss him. So, you know, it, it, not really. It's part, part of why I work is Cat and I balance the hell out of each other. It, it, we really do. It's somebody actually sent us a private message this week. It said it was like good cop, bad cop. And I said, oh, which one? He's like, well, I'll let you guess. And I said, ah, Cat already knows he's bad cop and he embraces it. He loves it. Uh, I like, hey, look, I've been a grumpy old man since I was like seven. Uh, Dude, so, you were born a grumpy old man. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you had seven years experience at that point. But it's 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 why we uh, love you. Dude. It, you oh, know. man. And I, well, I'm, I'm glad people can can uh, can put a have been able to put a face with this uh, this grumpy attitude for a. Uh, last it, year or so since we've been we've been doing video so but uh everyone uh enjoy watching the senior bowl here today we're going to do a wrap-up show here in the next uh, a couple of days of things that that jumped out as well and we're going to have some draft coverage a lot of draft coverage here over the next ooh, three months ooh, that's gonna do oh i just saw uh, pe people want cat and paul to replace omar and hide oh gosh um <laughs> I would say I don't know if I have time for that, but I don't think I don't think it'd be much different. And I think it would be better. So one effective show a week should do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why I don't pay attention to the chat here during the, during the show because <laughs> I, I get I, I can only I can only th do one thing at a time. Uh, it, it, that that's not just for football, but or podcasts, but in life in I, general. I am so, not making the joke that jumped into my head on that one. Yeah, I'm dumb. So uh, anyway, that's uh, gonna. Yep, now we've evolved enough. <laughs> That's going to do it for our breakdown of some prospects and a lot of prospects to look at here during Senior Bowl week. I'm Brian Cat, NFL Paul's Fanatic underscore pick. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and all of our social media outlets. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding.
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big.